probably it's two things that I learned from Amazon and that are still super relevant for me. The first one would be the excellent customer obsession. Like you put the customer first and then you work backwards. You identify their demand or their requirements and you make sure to meet this fully or to the best possible extent and build your entire supply chain or all of your processes according to their needs. That is really setting the benchmark for customer experience. And the second thing is the strong data or metric affinity. If you want to control complex supply chains across Europe with different merchants, different last mile providers, like we are doing it today, you need to have reliable real-time data that gives you full transparency and you want to have it aggregated in such a way that you cannot only control all of your processes, but also provide the maximum transparency to the merchants and to the end consumers. Welcome to the Platform Pioneers, a show about the bright minds behind the world's largest digital platforms and the stories of how they built them. I am your host, Kuros, and together we'll uncover the secrets behind creating, scaling, and managing some of the most successful platforms out there. Welcome back to the Platform Pioneers podcast. Today, I'm uh, really excited as we have uh, our guest, uh, Sebastian Bleser, who is, I would say, a veteran in the marketplace and platform industry over the past years. Right now, he has a dual role. He's CEO of uh, Seven Centers Services GmbH, but he's also VP of Supply Chain. And he has worked really, I would say, for the who's who in, in the platform marketplace industry, among others, obviously, Amazon. But maybe without further ado, Sebastian, maybe you introduce yourself, you introduce uh, a bit uh, your Vita, your CV, uh, what you have done and what you are uh, doing right now, specifically what Seven Senders um, uh, is kind of like uh, trying to solve as a big pain point in the industry. My pleasure. And first of all, thanks for uh, having me here, Kurosh. You certainly set the bar high with this intro. I'll try to meet it. My name is Sebastian. I'm with Seven Senders. We are a cross-border logistics company serving e-commerce merchants all across Europe, basically enabling their cross-border deliveries, ensuring that they, their parcels get delivered to customers all across Europe, into Norway, UK, or Switzerland. I'm with the company for exactly two years. Yesterday was my anniversary. I joined them as their VP of supply chain, overseeing the entire logistical process, starting at the um, web shops, a warehouse, if you want to say so, across the journey of the truck and the parcel to the front door of the end consumer. And in the case of returns, across the entire returns journey as well. As one of the most those relevant challenges we've been facing in UK, Switzerland and Norway is the customs process and that we felt the existing landscape of service providers and software providers is not exactly meeting the requirements of us as a logistics company and more importantly of our customers. We incorporated a subsidiary of Seven Senders in summer of last year, that is the Seven Senders services that I'm leading as their CEO. We developed and um, brought forward a fully digital customs product that is basically embedded in our entire logistical process. We are an API first company. So through the eyes of our customers, the entire customs declaration, export and import process is almost invisible, which is like a hassle-free experience for them. 
and shipping into Switzerland, for example, is almost as easy as shipping into Italy, France, or Spain for them. And, and, and maybe what's interesting, how was life for a merchant before Seven Senders and how is it now to kind of like make it tangible for the audience? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. So previously, merchants had to work with a number of service providers. So worst case, you have a partner in, let's say, Germany that files the export declaration for you. You have a company that takes care of your line haul business. You try to negotiate last mile rates with a service provider in Switzerland. And then you have another service provider that files the import declaration in Switzerland. And the tricky element among the multitude of providers you need to work with is to ensure that they all work hand in hand. Because if the transport is delayed, your export process won't go through. If your export process didn't go through, you can't start the transport. And the same applies for the entire import process. And this is especially critical because customs duties are a relevant element of what's called the landed cost. So the entire cost of a product when it's arriving at the consumer's front door. And you will make sure that you optimize these costs and also optimize them in such a way that you're not paying double or triple duties whenever a return is being sent back and forth. So that was super complicated for them and came along with a high complexity. All of these interfaces cause friction and friction ultimately materializes as cost or delay for the end consumer. I mean, that's a great kind of like relief, I would assume, on a lot of merchants' side. What is the, the target customer in, in terms of merchants? What kind of like sectors do you uh, typically see? What kind of sizes of merchants? Do some merchants have this capability in-house? Do they have figured it out themselves? How did you guys go about the, the go-to-market and like, like your target customers? Yeah. So our target customer is any merchant that is doing cross-border e-commerce. We are typically not providing domestic services, while all of the tech products that we provide to our customers are certainly available for domestic shipping. Our logistics product is not. Talking about the market segment or the size of the company, well, we have customers across different industries and different product portfolios. Majority of them is sending hundreds of thousands of parcels per month into specific markets. So we are not aiming for the small mom and pop store that is sending two parcels per month and country. That is not the, the service offering that we're aiming for. But once they start moving relevant quantities in these markets, we believe that our service offering is the best available in the market and is superior to the standard way how you would serve these customers. Assuming you're a German merchant and you want to serve your customers in, say, France and Switzerland, you could choose one of the large parcel providers that are on the German market and ask them to ship your parcel. Now, that is typically not convenient. That is usually expensive and is, that is super relevant from a customer experience perspective, typically not the carrier or the service that you and consumers in those countries are seeking. We are working with close to 100 last mile carriers across Europe. And we follow a strategy that we call the local champion. So based on the service offering the customer is seeking, the products they are shipping, size, quantity, speed, uh, we identify the best possible service provider and we unlock this portfolio 
to our customer, which again is the, the web shop. I mean, that's that's a quite a good and interesting strategy. What, what would be interesting probably for the users to understand, now we understand a bit more the, let's say, the target group. And you mentioned Europe, you mentioned Switzerland quite a lot, Norway, which probably are not part of the EU there. So, so the, the issues come there. Well, like what are the main use cases when everything around customs, around freight comes out? Is it actually when someone out of the EU ships to Switzerland or to Norway or vice versa? And how did that influence or is that going to influence your, let's say, geographical strategy going outside of Europe, going global worldwide, or are you already global? That that would be probably also, also interesting to see. Yeah. So to spoil this first, we are not global yet. <laughs> Our customer or product offering always has a, a connection with Europe. So either our customers sit in Europe and are shipping within Europe or out of Europe into the before mentioned countries, or the customers are located in one of these non-European countries and want to serve customers across Europe. We believe that this is the, the most relevant market for European merchants or for the European consumer. If we look at the transcontinental parcel flows, there is a relevant share of parcels out of Asia into Europe, but typically it's one of the three large players and they have a service offering they provide themselves. At the same time, that is typically not the, the volume or the customers we are seeking. And the volume flows between Europe and America, whether it's north or south, is relatively limited. So the relevant parcel flows within the European continent. It's interesting of the players that you're, you are kind of like, and Asia, the big three, I guess, is what China, India, and Japan? Japan is actually not that relevant. I'd rather look into Vietnam, <laughs> but with the big three, I was rather referring to those massive Chinese companies or Asian companies that are trying to provide cheap and fast products to the European market. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Quite interesting. So you, you worked for, for Amazon before, so kind of like a marketplace where one of the key, I would say, USPs or, or key things to get right was actually supply chain and operations. How did that experience influence you to what you are doing at, at Seven Center Services? How did that compare? What is also different? How is a very B2C focused or B2B2C focused marketplace compares to someone where I would say probably your end customer, correct me if I'm wrong, would be still a business customer. How does it work and how is it influencing you? Yeah, so like you rightly said, today my customer is within the B2B relationship and we are providing their service offering to their end consumers. So it's like a B2B2C game we are playing right now. In contrast to that, Amazon was a pure B2C product. The thing that, probably it's two things that I learned from Amazon and that are still super relevant for me. The first one would be the excellent customer obsession. Like you put the customer first and then you work backwards. You identify their demand or their requirements and you make sure to meet this fully or to the best possible extent and build your entire supply chain or all of your processes according to their needs. That is really setting the benchmark for customer experience. And the second thing is the strong data or metric affinity. If you want to control complex supply chains across Europe with different merchants, different last mile providers, like we are doing it today, 
you need to have reliable real-time data that gives you full transparency and you want to have it aggregated in such a way that you cannot only control all of your processes but also provide the maximum transparency to the merchants and to the end consumers so it is really a kind of like learning and understanding from a mass business, how do you deal with data and kind of like with the data input to get the statistics. When you think about growth, which is a key thing I talk here on, on Platform Pioneers, growth of a marketplace, a growth of a SaaS solution, because that's critical, probably more for a, a producing or a service industry. How do you think about growth? And you touched upon geographies and streams already. Is growth going to be more in... I would say sending different categories to so different types of merchants is growth going to be maybe at some point, although you said like, Hey, we're not global, got to be like an additional country that you want to, that you want to add. How do you feel about, about growing? Good question. I think it's a complex answer to that because we can grow in multiple ways. And actually that's what we are doing. Well, eight, we can obviously grow if a market or demand is growing. So if, our customers are shipping more parcels or unlocking more markets. We will grow with them. The e-commerce market has certainly been challenging over the past a year or a year and a half, where we rather seen like a horizontal development of the total market capacity. We do see that the, the market itself is picking up again. So that is overall a, a positive thing for us. At the same time, we're seeing that customers are trying to optimize their own processes. And optimizing your own process might also mean reducing your internal efforts. And our service offering is just made for that. You can basically connect to a single API. We provide you anything that you need, whether that's tracking data, the label, an insurance for your parcel, or notifications for your end consumer. We collect everything at your front door, and we make sure that it is delivered to your end consumer as fast as possible. That reduces your internal efforts, that reduces your internal spend. That's super interesting for customers, especially in times like these where internal budgets are challenged basically across any company. Additionally, we are growing by expanding our service offering. And the customs product is a brilliant example for that. We've basically brought forward a totally new service from our perspective, and we've reinvented the quality of such a product through the eyes of a customer. We have other products we're bringing forward, like our so-called uh, Pudo Locator. That is an out-of-home delivery product uh, we brought forward last year um, that enables customers to select like super convenient uh, pickup locations for parcels around the corner, whether that's a like a corner shop, a locker or anything. And with these service offerings, we are basically upselling on existing customers. We are providing them with capabilities they did not have before. And it's not just pure upselling for the sake of, hey, I'm growing my revenue. But all of these products are meant to actually improve the service quality for the customer or reduce their cost. And there could be, at times, implicit savings. So if you think about this out-of-home delivery tool, where you as a consumer can select the, the corner shop next door because you know that you, you're not going to be at home. At the same time, you want to make sure that your parcel gets delivered. So your customer experience is improved because you know the parcel will be there when you get home. You can just collect it and it's there. Now, through the eyes of the merchant, you have a faster delivery, you have a happy customer, and you're going to have less customer service contacts because no one will be sending an email or calling your customer service asking for a parcel. 
ultimately, we all know a happy consumer is going to drive retention and retention is certainly going to be super helpful for your ARR. I mean, most definitely. And that's a great way, I would say, of kind of like, like thinking about, hey, think about the customer of your customer, try to improve the experience and just improve retention this way. If you maybe now with all that experience with your parents, if you look two, three, four, five years ahead, maybe from a service delivery from a macroeconomic point of view, but also from a competitive point of view, how is that industry going to shape? Is it going to be consolidation, maybe only two two or three of these providers? Is it going to be maybe, and, and I would know, like some of the big players like a DHL who's somewhere in that value chain is going to move in. Like, how do you feel that this dynamic is going to develop? And then maybe afterwards, after that question, we can think about a bit technology, what technology is going to disrupt there. Yeah, I mean, talking about consolidation um, impact, we did see consolidation both on customer and service provider side over the past years. Looking at a macroeconomic impact, I'd say this is somewhat limited. What is interesting or well, interesting in a peculiar way, if you want to say so, is that we've seen a lot of companies reduce their service offering across countries. So quite a few online merchants have reduced their footprint to specific markets only because they want to focus their marketing spend on specific markets. Uh, some went into administration. I mean, if you just look at the news, what happened over the past couple of weeks, there are some relevant companies um, going out of business. Now, the, the opportunity in here is that there is a, a massive number of small or emerging shops that are going to take that space and we will see new players come forward. At the same time, we do see consolidation, obviously, where big players are getting even bigger. So that will be driving the market going forward as well. But the pessimistic outlook that people would be having like a year ago or maybe one and a half years ago has changed a lot. We do see demand picking up again. We do see companies unlocking new markets. At the same time, we do see that companies try to serve their customer in a more efficient way meaning cost efficient like two years ago having to pay for a return was something you would not want to think about even the big players are asking for return fees today trying to reduce their uh, return spend we do see that the focus on speed so same day or sub same day delivery has reduced because it is super expensive it is relevant from a market perception but is it really that relevant from a consumer perspective I would challenge that assumption. Having your parcel next day is typically okay. And like a 24-hour delivery is standard. And that is something that companies and consumers should be able to expect across Europe. And that is the service that we are offering. Talking about technology and these market trends, I mentioned out-of-home delivery as a partially technology-driven approach. That is certainly affecting the service offering. Honestly, I don't see like a massive tech disruption happening within the delivery sector. We do see positive elements where software or technology is providing new opportunities. Um, we do see heavy tech development, especially on the fulfillment side, which is more in our customers' warehouses. That is improving service offerings for the end consumer. But it's not like I'd be expecting 10,000 drones flying over Berlin two years from now to drop uh, a parcel in every second chimney. 
in, in, indeed, indeed. And, and I mean, it would be um, a kind of futuristic uh, outlook, but uh, we, I think we have seen discussions around that for the past five years. I think I, I, I can remember when drones got relatively cheap. It, it hasn't happened yet so far. Um, uh, I, I would right. fully, uh, fully agree with that. Uh, there was something interesting that you said that you, you've seen consolidation, I guess, on the, on the merchant side, probably consolidation also on the, on the provider side and maybe kind of like a more bird's eye view on the service that you are providing and, uh, that is provided. I have to assume you are using, you're leveraging a bit like an orchestrator, also, uh, shipping. Shipping providers that everyone knows, I guess DHL, Hermes, etc., and kind of like that, together with tech solution, provide that. Do you see pressure coming from these? Because they are, from a customer point of view, you see, hey, there's only really like two or three big ones. Do you see pressure coming from there? Do you see like that they are want to take over a bit of the value chain that that you guys are doing? How do you see that that competitive view? Um, maybe also the next years. Yeah, I mean, in a constrained market, everyone is trying to win share of the market, and that's always got to be taken from someone. But like I said earlier, I do not see the big domestic players as a relevant competitor. We are not offering our services on the domestic market. You might want to work with one of your existing parcel providers for this. And the service offering that we have for cross-border shipping is definitely superior to their service offering. Because any large company, whatever name it might have, will always try to sell you their own product in the target market. True. Regardless of whether this is the best possible product the customer wants to have, the fastest, the most eco-friendly product or whatever, they will try to sell what they have in stock. Simple merchant logic, same applies for logistics. Exactly. While in contrast to that, we make sure we select the best possible product based on your actual requirements, not based on someone's product portfolio. Great. I mean, and, and, and that makes a ton of sense. And it's a great angle and great niche to kind of like go about and go into, into the market. Maybe because we are almost at the end. When you kind of like reflect after you've been in that market for so many years, specifically in supply chain, et cetera, what is... Uh, also in your current role, what is like the most favorite thing that you do during your work and what is the, the least favorite thing that you do? Interesting question. I think there is less popular thing in, in every role. And the thing that's least entertaining, if you want to say so for me, is having to acknowledge that we did not meet the customer promise somewhere for whatever reason. And I mean, there, there are numerous elements, whether that's a, a local strike whether it's a hurricane in France, as we see it uh, today, or any of these barriers we need to overcome. In contrast to that, what I generally enjoy is seeing that processes or mechanisms that we've put in place help us overcome these hurdles and we actually exceed customer or end consumer expectations. Like having a parcel delivered right before Christmas Day, despite all of the challenges, making sure we, we meet those hidden expectations, or we are as I said, able to exceed them, that genuinely excites me. And within this, the element of growing my team, not by size necessarily, but specifically seeing people personally grow within their role is probably the, the most exciting thing for me as a leader. Perfect. I mean, Sebastian, first of all, there were great concluding words. It was an extremely interesting podcast, kind of like in the world of shipping and kind of like specifically sending parcels across Europe and across different, different tech zones. Thank you so much. That was really great, really inspiring. Thanks for taking the time. 
Thanks again for having me, Karas. It was my pleasure.